Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. Good morning, everyone. Um, Seth left me alone up here, so we're going to play a little game. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Thank you all for joining us. We actually had a a nursery, not mishap, uh, our our nursery volunteer didn't show up, so Seth is is taking care of that this morning. so yeah, welcome. We're going to just uh, start off with announcements right away, and maybe Seth will join me. He had some announcements he wanted to share too. Um, but for those of you that weren't here last week, we have a baptism coming up January 20th, January 20th. And so if you are interested in being baptized, um, I like to make sure that we're all clear on what baptism is. Um, baptism is an outward sign of what's inwardly going on. It's a way to join the big C church family, um, not a way to join our church. We have membership and different things for that. Um, But baptism is to show everyone uh, around you in the church family that you are joining the family. Um, And it's a symbol of repentance and forgiveness of sins. And uh, so, yeah, we have baptism coming up January 20th. If you'd like to do that, we had a few people talk to us after church last week. Um, You could do the same this week. You can also email us. If you look in the bulletins on the inside at the bottom, you'll see uh, Breezy, Seth, and Brian are all down there. You can email us at those, any of those email addresses, and we'll put you on the list, and we'll talk with you. Um, And so, yeah, that's what we've got for baptism. And then now that you're back. Yeah, now that I'm back. Now it's it's your turn. Yeah. Hey, there's just uh, two, actually three announcements that I have for you is, hey, we are starting everything back up uh, this next Wednesday. And so uh, dinners, uh, Wednesday night dinners, Awana, um, youth group is still going. And so January 2nd uh, is when everything kicks back off. So join us for dinner um, starting at 5 o'clock to about 6.15 and and come and eat some food with us. And then uh, the kids will head to Awana. The next thing for some of you who um, are sometimes a little bit behind the eight ball like me, hey, if you would like to still do your year-end giving, um, you can do so until Friday. And so uh, you can come in uh, until Friday with cash or check if you want to, and then that'll go to your 2018 giving. Um, if you, you cannot do it online, as of the 31st, it will be done online. And so uh, it does not go on your last year's giving if, if, uh, if that happens. So once again, that deadline is this coming Friday. And the last announcement I have for you guys is... Um, some of you may or may not have known, but uh, a longtime person who's uh, just been an amazing uh, support of our uh, ministry, I would say. Uh, she was 105 years old, died on Christmas Day. And so Elizabeth Friesen uh, went to uh, go be with Jesus. That was the gift that she wanted. And so that just so happens to be my great grandma. And so, uh, yeah, so the funeral will be Thursday here at 1030. And so if you would like to be a part of that, you can put that down on your calendar. Uh, There are two cards in the seat back in front of you. There is a connection card. It says welcome right on it and a prayer card. Hey, if this is your first time here or you know that your information is wrong here at the church, would you just go ahead and fill this card out for us so that we can know how to get a hold of you if we would like to give you information on uh, upcoming things as far as Bible studies that are coming out and or just things that you can be a part of here in the church. And the next one is something that is completely dear to our hearts. It is our prayer card. And so on the back, you'll notice that there is a place for your name, last name, your prayer request. And then on the bottom is, uh, is a check mark for private or public. If you check private, it does not go online. It does not go uh, to the prayer team. It only goes to the pastors. If you check public, it will go online and it will go to the prayer team and the pastors and, and everybody will get to know that. And so this is a way that we 
uh, one way that we are able to connect with you and be able to be in prayer with you, but also is just to allow us to know what's going on in your life, okay? And so if you would please be willing to fill this out and just drop it in the, drop it in the offering plate as it goes by, okay? Cool. Perfect. Can we pray as a family together? God, it's been an amazing week. For some, it's been pretty normal. For others, it's been really busy, um, celebrating lots of family, uh, lots of traveling, all of that sort of stuff. But the one constant is you. Your goodness has always been available to us. Your, your love is always extended. Your grace is new every single morning. And God, as we come to you this morning, we want to worship you. We want to lay our burdens, our anxieties, our worries down at your feet because we want to be able to hear you. We don't want distractions of any kind. We want to understand your love. And so God, as we sing today, as we open your Bible today, as we communicate with one another today, as we join in relationship with one another, uh, Lord, would, would we look past ourselves? Would we listen to your Holy Spirit? Would we seek new faces, new relationships, Lord? And would this extend past Sunday morning but into the rest of our week as we go into our world. And God, would you, would you equip us today to go out tomorrow? God, you are good all the time. We thank you and praise you for all that you've done in our midst. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. We'll take our morning's offerings, and then the worship team will lead us in worship after that. It doesn't sound like I have to say anything, but if you are three years old to fifth grade, you can go back to Children's Church. Seth, did we get the, the nursery figured out? All right. No need to worry. If you dropped your kids off and didn't see anyone back there, there's someone back there now. I'm going to set this down here. Hi, my name is Brian. I almost lit my hair on fire. Hi, my name is Brian Gustafson. I'm the youth pastor here. Um, it's unusual to be talking up here when Seth is right there. It doesn't happen very often. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to be talking to y'all today. Um, we are going to be starting a two-part series, so I'm actually going to be talking to y'all two weeks in a row. Um, this week and next week, we're going to be talking about fostering love. Um, Olivia made a nice little logo for it for me right there. And so we've got um, fostering love. And what, what the next two weeks are going to look like is uh, today we're going to talk about receiving God's love. And then next week we're going to talk about reflecting God's love. And so um, one thing is if you have a smartphone, um, you can pull it out. And, um, of course, we're all in church, so we all have the Bible app, right? Um, if you don't, you can download it. It's on all of the, the stores. It's one of the top 10 most downloaded apps. Um, but it's called Uversion. If you open it up, I know you can't really see my phone, but in the bottom right-hand corner, there's a little thing that says more. And you click on that, and then you go to events. And then if you have location on your phone, it'll just pull right up. Um, and that'll be today's notes. You can also look at the back of the bulletin. Um, uh, the, the U version will go a little bit more in depth, but it'll say Glasgow Evangelical Church. Um, so you can also, if you don't have location on and don't want to turn that on, you can just type in Glasgow Evangelical Church, and it should pop up. It'll say Fostering Love in little letters in the bottom, and then when you click on it, you'll see that, and it'll be, it'll be on there. So you can follow along. You can actually look ahead if you want. You can look at all the verses we're going to be looking at and notes I have. And um, uh, So spoiler alert, you'll know how the ending is if you look all the way at the bottom. Um, and so, so that's where we're at. What, what um, compelled me uh, to decide what to, to speak about this week and next week um, is, 
A problem I've talked about uh, a few times in closing for Seth and uh, in youth group and in casual conversations and a bunch of things, and it's, uh, I, I think a, a lot of times we as uh, American Christians and, and European Western rich people, we oftentimes uh, don't realize that the Jesus we're wor worshiping is, is actually like, a, like an idol. It's, it's not even the real, real Jesus. And I think a part of that is we don't understand receiving God's love, how to receive God's love, why to receive God's love, um, how does he give this love, how do we know that we have that love. And, and so a lot of times we just um, write it off as we believe in Jesus because he died for our sins, um, and we believe that God created all the stuff. And so there's, there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but I think it's important that we understand our eternity um, our, our religion, we understand Christ, and we understand how to receive his love. And so I want to refresh a lot of people that may already know all of this stuff. And then anybody here today that, that hasn't received God's love, you'll understand how to do that if you're a guest or if you're trying out church this week. Um, and then next week we'll talk about reflecting love. Um, so uh, I think what I want to start out with is, is a prayer, and then we'll start looking at some scriptures. So please uh, join me as, um, as we pray here. Lord Jesus, um, we thank you for this morning and, and just an opportunity to uh, reflect on you, reflect on our, our lives as the year's coming to an end and we're going to turn over to a new year. Lord, may we uh, look back and, and see you all over everything in our lives. And if, as we look forward, may we try to get you involved even more. Um, Lord, today, uh, for me, may you just uh, speak through me, Lord. Uh, move me out of the way. Uh, use my life as, as the best example you can. Um, but Lord, uh, work through my sin, my selfishness. And, and Lord, please just speak to everyone here. And so all those listening uh, for your word and, and your wisdom, Lord, may um, our ears, hearts, eyes, minds, souls uh, be open to look at ourselves, uh, but most importantly, Lord, look at you. In your holy name we pray, amen. So the first verse is Deuteronomy 9, 7. Um, and a, a little, little thing about Deuteronomy is kind of a a refresher book. It, it does have some new information in it, but it, it's a lot of Moses talking about what happened in Exodus. And so, and so that's kind of where we pick up here in chapter nine is, is we're not talking about the exact events because those have already been told to us in Exodus. Moses is, is doing a refresher and going over what did happen. And so that's what, where we find ourselves in Deuteronomy. And so the first verse to set the tone for today is, is chapter, or chapter nine, verse seven. Remember and never forget how angry you made the Lord, your God, out in the wilderness. From the day you left Egypt until now, you have been constantly rebelling against him. Um, Moses is trying to remind them, and, and a lot of us may know this story, and if you don't, there's a group of people called the Israelites, and um, they were enslaved in Egypt. So we have, we have God creating the entire earth. We have Adam and Eve, and then they, they sinned, and they were um, cast out of the garden, which we talked about in the last couple weeks. Um, and then we, we get to Abraham, the father of the Israelites, and they, then they end up in slavery, and now they're in Egypt, and Moses comes out of nowhere, and he sees like a burning bush, and he's told to get them out of slavery and, and free them. And so Moses uh, talks to the Pharaoh, and um, then there's, there's some plagues, and then Pharaoh lets them go. They cross the Red Sea. They go in some wilderness. They end up at Mount Sinai. There's a lot of really cool stuff happening in Exodus. So if you have not read that book of the Bible, please, it is the, ah, uh, it's just, it, it is just excellent, visual, captivating, twists and turns, ups and downs. Um, and so they're going through all of this stuff. And, and Moses is trying to remind them of this point where he's on Mount Sinai. They, they followed a, a pillar of smoke during the day and fire at night when they couldn't see to follow where God was leading them. And they get to Mount Sinai and whenever Moses goes up there, it's covered in like, like fire and smoke. And so like they're seeing God like every day. And he's reminding them how even though he was up there getting the rules and things like that, um, they might have done some stuff. And so the, the, I, wanna, I wanna make sure I, I read it correctly. So it's gonna be uh, that same chapter, chapter nine, verse 13. Um, 
through 21. The Lord also said to me, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Leave me alone so I may destroy them and erase their name from under heaven. Then I will make a mighty nation of your descendants, a nation larger and more powerful than they are. So while the mountain was blazing with fire, I turned and came down, holding in my hands the two stone tablets. These are the the Ten Commandments. uh, Inscribed with the terms of the covenant. There below me, I could see that you had sinned against the Lord your God. You had melted gold and made a calf idol for yourselves. How quickly you had turned away from the path the Lord had commanded you to follow. So I took the stone tablets and threw them to the ground, smashing them before your eyes. Then, as before, I threw myself down before the Lord for 40 days and nights. I ate no bread. I drank no water because of the great sin you had committed by doing what the Lord hated, provoking him to anger. I feared that the furious anger of the Lord, which turned him against you, would drive him to destroy you. But again, he listened to me. The Lord was so angry with Aaron that he wanted to destroy him too, but I prayed for Aaron and the Lord spared him. I took your sin, the calf you had made, and I melted it down in the fire and ground it into fine dust, and I threw the dust into the stream that flows down the mountain. And so these, this is Moses recanting, uh, what, not recanting, retelling what happened. And so I, I have a, a little slide uh, to, to, to show us uh, kind of what, what they saw, what they went through. Um, what had gone, God done in their lives up to this point? And so, yeah, there we go, up to this point in the story. So we have um, the, first, the first point is the 10 plagues of Egypt. And then at the end of those plagues, um, we actually see another little thing on top of the plague of killing the firstborn. We see the, the Passover, and that's the next one, the final uh, plague there. And then the splitting of the Red Sea, manna and quail from heaven, water from a rock, a pillar of smoke during the day, and a pillar of fire at night. I think that's all I, I wrote on that one. Um, this is just a few of the things I decided to pick out for how these people saw God work in their lives. Um, that's, that's a lot of stuff to, to see going against nature, going against the, the, the laws that we're used to in our life, to see God working through, through these things in their life. And while... Moses is up getting the rules, they make a, a golden calf. And you'll even read during that time, um, when they were seeing these things, they worshiped, um, they, they met together, they um, had, had church, if you will, they wrote songs, and, and they did a bunch of stuff that we do today um, because we've seen God work in our life. And so the first kind of point that I want us to come to is that the, the Old Testament isn't just God trying really hard to get us to heaven, and he just couldn't get it done. That's kind of how I used to think of the Old Testament, is this is God failing a bunch of times at getting people to heaven. He tried in the garden, he tried before Noah, then he flooded the earth, and then he tried again, and then he tried again, and then he tried again. That's, that's not what it is. Um, we can look at this possibly as an example to us of why the way that we are right now, post-Jesus, after his sacrifice, his death, and his atonement for our sins, um, why this is the one way. This is the one way to get there. And so these people believed in God. They believed there was a creator of the universe. They believed that he did miracles. They followed him through the wilderness. He fed them when there was no food. He gave them water when there was no water. He split the Red Sea to escape enemies. He, he did all of this stuff, and they, they saw him. And then just a little short time later, they build a calf. It's like, ah, God's been taking too long. And I think we believe that God's real. I, I, I like to give examples in my own life of, of, you know, what God's done in my life to show me that, that God's real. And some of you, if you've been around, I've, I've, uh, January 11th, coming up here, will be exactly three years for me um, in this ministry with you all. Um, and so I actually figure that as, as one of the ways that, that God has proven to me that he's real, because that was just, if, I've told that story, I'm not going to retell it. Uh, if you want to hear it, I'm always happy to share it, but, but just getting here. Um, before that, I, I had to become a pastor, and I was a pastor in a church in Great Falls for five years. Becoming a pastor couldn't have happened without God's intervention. I've watched, um, I have three children with my wife. Um, I've watched two of the three be born. Um, I went to get donuts for the third one and missed it. (laughs) 
we, told, we had some people over for dinner on Friday, and we told that story of, of you know, I, I was there for Caden, and I was there for Brooklyn, and then when Addison was being born, the doctor's like, oh, yeah, we still have time if you want to go, you know, take care of things or whatever. And apparently while I was, like, riding the elevator in Great Falls down the, the, the hospital, you know, from the, whatever floor that is, sixth floor, and then down, and then over the cafeteria, in that amount of time, the doctor had come in and mentioned the word C-section, and it freaked my wife out. And so from the time that I got my donut and made it back up the elevator, she birthed our third daughter. And so I actually was trying to walk back into the room and I had donuts, you know, her, her mom was there and like it was time to eat and so I have donuts and then I hear a baby crying in the room that I thought was, was mine and I'm like, oh, well that's not mine. I go to the next room and that wife isn't mine. <laughs> so I, I come back and I'm like, huh. And then the nurse, like one nurse had passed me and just like knew that, oh, this just happened, didn't say anything, just kind of like, uh, <laughs> But then, then another nurse was like, yeah, this is the right room. And, uh, and so that happened. Um, I, I also have this weird thing with geese that I, I share a lot, but I don't like sharing. But I, I'm going to share. I, I think that God can speak to all of us in unique ways through his creation, through different things, if, if we're willing to look for it. I'm not a weird person that sees Jesus in toast. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not weird. Uh, but this is weird. Um, so when I first became a pastor, that day was crazy, how all of that worked out. And again, I'm not going to go into great detail, but I was driving away from the, the church in Great Falls. And, and in this intersection um, that's, that's downtown Great Falls, right by the, the um, mall there, uh, a flying V of geese flew right by. They shouldn't have been in town. Like, and they, this was away from the river. There's lots of geese in Great Falls, if, if you know Great Falls at all. Uh, but but this, was, this is an area that you usually don't see geese. And also, they're, like, flying in between cars and stuff. And they just, like, fly right by the car. And I don't, they didn't look at me and go, Brian, good job. God loves you. You know, they didn't do anything like that. But I just had this overwhelming feeling that, like, like I'm like, oh, like, God approves. I, I have no idea how to explain this, okay? I have no idea how to explain this. But when then I, I followed God's kind of inklings in my life and, and, and we decided to pick our family up and, and move ministries, which is hard as a pastor, um, I, I came here and I tried to pull this video. I shared it on Instagram years ago um, of, of heading out to Tony and Amy Fast house. And it was about a month after being here and things were kind of up in the air about where we're going to live, uh, all this stuff. And, and I was just kind of in an anxious point in my life. And as we're driving out to their house in Luster, um, there's just fields and fields and dirt roads. And I'm like, this is just, this is the middle, before we were the middle of nowhere, this is the middle of nowhere. This, Glasgow is not. Where they live in Luster, that is, and they call it a town. Luster, you just named like a, a farm. Like that's what you, the group of farms. Um, but anyway, on the way out there, we see all of these geese flying over the road. And I told the story. We were going out there with Brad and Jory. And I, I told the story to them about geese. And, and so he, he stops at one point before we turn on the dirt road. And he's like, there's so many geese. And I'm like, yeah, this is crazy. Then we turn on the dirt road. And we're like halfway to their house on the dirt road, um, still hundreds of miles from their house. Um, and and, and there's, it looks like the, fir, the, the field had been burned. And what it actually was, was, was multiple thousands, like tens of thousands of geese had all gone to this one area off the side of the road, maybe quarter to half a mile off the side of the road, and, and we're, we're in the field. And so we, we pull off on the side of the dirt road. Lindsay, you can nod your head. This is something that happened. Yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah, just confirm for me. All right. Um, we pull off on the side of the road, and Brad comes running back to the vehicle, and he's like, do you see this? I can barely hear him. The geese are so loud. But none of the, there was a few kind of flying in, but really they're just all on the ground. And then all at once, just, they just take off. And like, like an epicenter, just fly out. And it was the most, I wish I could have gotten this video to show you, but it was just the most crazy thing ever. And in that moment, I know, okay, Brian, it's just geese. Like, yeah, but, but this relationship that I feel that I have with God and, and, and looking for those things. And then that I told the story to like Brad and Jory and, and they were like feeling God in this moment. And then when the geese took off, it was just 
You had to be there. I hope you can feel a little bit of that. But I'm saying that God has done many things in my personal life to show me that he exists. The chance of that happening and me being there and, and for all of these things in my life, I hope that we have these things in our lives that we can grab onto and say the chances are just too small that this is luck. That this is, this is we've, we've evolved to this point. Like, like. God is real. And then that, that gets me to the, kind of the other point. One thing that we can all rely on is, is the earth that we live on today and how just improbable the chances of earth being the right size, the right atmosphere, the right amount of water, the way that, that all of the unique creatures work together, um, that, that, that alone is proof in God. And what they, I, I can't remember the exact name of it, but like, a, I'm gonna say like the garden theory, but I can't think of the exact name of it. But when you're walking through uh, an area in the forest and you come along and you see a perfect heart-shaped pink roses all in a heart shape, There's, you know, several flowers making up that heart shape. None of us look at that and go, oh, it's, I'm glad the wind blew it that way. I'm glad that, that evolution has caused all of these flowers to join in this perfect heart shape and the right colors and, and in, along the trail. No, as soon as we see something, as we're walking along, we go, oh, there was a gardener. And so that's kind of the story of our, our uh, universe of, of Earth, is that when you see something so intricate, so well-placed together, you have to know there's a creator. And so when we see our lives, even the bad things tied together, we, we've got to start realizing that there, there is a creator. So all of that um, to, to be said, even though we know God and we see his work, we do the same thing and we build up idols as soon as we think he isn't giving us enough attention. I do it too. Right, that's why I'm saying we. Um, as soon as the, the geese fly away a couple days later, you know, you find yourself, I don't know, you know, do, just relying on yourself again, building up idols, making kind of your own God. And I want to reread um, verses 18 uh, through 21. I don't think I prepared it on the, the slides. Um, if you can do that, guys, and help me out, that's fine, but I'll, I'll read it from here. Then as before, I threw myself down before the Lord for 40 days and nights. I ate no bread and drank no water because of the great sin you had committed by doing what the Lord hated, provoking him to anger. I feared that the furious anger of the Lord, which turned him against you, would drive him to destroy you, but again he listened to me. The Lord was so angry with Aaron that he wanted to destroy him too, but I prayed for Aaron and the Lord spared him. I took your sin, the calf you had made, and I melted it down in the fire and ground it into fine dust, and I threw the dust into the stream that flows down the mountain. So we see Moses being that go-between, that intercessor between the people and God. We see him actually trying to atone for their sin, being the, the, the high priest or you know, getting, getting rid of the sin. The, the, the big focus is, is verse 21. I took your sin, the calf you had made, and I melted it down on the fire, and I ground it into a fine dust. And we can, we can picture this, right? This, this big golden calf that they had made, and then melting it down, and then letting it harden, and then grinding it into this, this, this dust, and then throwing it into the stream. And so what Moses is doing here is something that I think a lot of us do as well. We take that thing that we call our sin, and we destroy it as much as humans can. And so... I set this bottle up here on purpose. It's a decoration from back at the coffee thing. I don't know who did the, the decorations for this, but I'm going to take these out. It was in disguise over there. And so some of, some of the sins that we can think of are uh, drinking, alcoholism, being fueled by a spirit that is not the Holy Spirit. Um, we can all, I think, agree that um, drinking to the point of drunkenness is a sin. Um, the, the devastation that happens in Glasgow alone based off of this is insurmountable. Like, it is, it is amazing. We, we picture this as the sin. So, our sin is over here. We are a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, a son, a daughter. Over here, our sin is over there. This is just something that is over there. So when we want to get rid of this sin, 
We just get rid of the bottle. We clean out our refrigerator. We um, put apps on our, our phones. We, we do different things to get rid of that sin. The sin is not part of us. The sin is something that we do. The sin is something that is done to us. It's, it's something else. In my life, and, and again, I've shared a lot of this, and so I don't want to go into huge detail. Gambling was a huge one for me um, before I became a pastor. And it was, it was validated in my head. I gambled because I wanted to make more money for the family. And some of you that have never had uh, an inkling towards gambling that makes zero sense to you. It was completely validated in my head. I had won a few times, and that feeling that you get right when you win was amazing. And, and I felt that I could make more money and provide better for my family if I could do that over and over and over again. And so then sometimes with um, alcohol, it can be the same thing. We validate why we do it. I need a release at the end of the day. Things are too hard. You, you don't understand this. You don't understand that. We look at the wrong things on our phone because we need our wife isn't doing this. Our husband isn't doing that. And, and it's this thing. We, we take this thing and we put it outside of our lives. But what I want us to know, and I have a slide for it, and it's your first point on the bulletin, my sin is not separate. For Moses and the Israelites, this sin was a thing they did. It was, it was this separate part. We have that? Yeah, my sin is not separate. Thank you. Sorry, I told you I'd tell you when the slides were coming up. What Moses did didn't remove the sin. What Moses did was remove the result of the sin, the symptom of the sin, the, the thing that we often get rid of. He got rid of the bottle. He got rid of the, the smartphone and went to a flip phone. He got an a, a, a app on his phone that helps people monitor with him. He, he, he just got rid of the, the thing. He didn't get rid of the sin. He got rid of the, the thing that we say is the sin. And so the connection we're going to say today is uh, the, the next slide and the next point in the back of the bulletin is sin makes us spiritual orphans. Spiritual orphans. And we think about this word orphan, um, parentless. I think actually if you go down to the root of orphan, it's, it's fatherless. Um, they would count someone an orphan if they just didn't have a father. Um, but when we think of it today in, in, in America, it's, it's no parents. It's parentless. Um, when we think of spiritual orphans, it's with, without having a father, without having God, the Father, as our Father. And so sin is not separate from us. Sin is us. Sin, sin lives in us. And sin causes us to be spiritual orphans, separated from God, fatherless, parentless. And so what we end up doing is the, the same thing that the Israelites do is, is we are on a continuous search for fulfillment from anything that will momentarily satisfy. And so then we can, we can think about in, in America, we've actually kind of gotten rid of orphans, and we, we call them um, foster children. Um, but we can, we can look at examples in our lives of, of friends or um, grandchildren or nieces and nephews or our own children, and, and we can look and see that someone that doesn't have a, a father figure in their life. So think of that someone that's kind of close to you that doesn't have a father figure in their life. They find a father, Right? It may not be the right father. It may not be their birth father, their biological father. But oftentimes they'll, they'll attach themselves to a teacher, a mentor, a coach, a youth pastor, a lead pastor, um, uh, an uncle. Um, hopefully not the wrong things, but, but sometimes they don't have a father figure. And so they attach themselves to a friend, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. But what we do see in this with, with someone missing a father or missing both parents or missing a mother is they look for that in their lives. They look for a father or mother. It's built into us. It's what God wants us to do. So spiritually, 
It's built in us. It's what God wants us to do. He wants us to look for a father. Oftentimes, though, we're selfish and we want momentary satisfaction, so we find our father in other things. So for me, it was gambling. My, my earthly father uh, could have been absent, was definitely absent from 13 on. Um, in, in my life, and I would say that my grandpa kind of filled that for a while, and then, yeah, I just moved on to friends and, and other things. And so we have, we have the next slide here, and, and this, is, this, is, this is key. Um, we have to understand our sin. And you, you could ask, or I want to ask, why? Why do we have to understand our sin? If we do not understand our sin... We will not understand his sacrifice. And so let's put this into to terms that, that hopefully we can understand here. And this, if you don't know me, I'm emotional, okay? Deal with it. As soon as, as, soon as I found Christ in my life, it was like I, I grew tear ducts that I never had before. So, so just deal with it. I'm, I've, I've been... Not even wanting to share this at all. I've shared this many times. I'm going to share it again, and every single time I cry. And so I'm going to try not to. This is just a preface for that, okay? Gambling was huge in my life. And I had validated it. I would validated it. What I was doing was an okay thing. And so any anger that anyone would have in their life towards me and gambling, I did not understand their anger towards that. Or anybody's forgiveness for my gambling didn't make any difference because what I was doing was not wrong in my mind. And so this moment that, that I talk about and, and share, I swear, is, is my moment of conversion, but it was with my wife and where our kids have been not removed, that sounds bad. My brother came and picked up our kids from the house so that my wife could have this conversation with me about gambling. And we're, we're sitting across from each other for hours. And I'm not admitting it. I'm not admitting even that I'm doing the gambling. I know that, that through this conversation that I finally realized that what I'm doing is not right. I, I, the secret is, is I knew it the whole time. We know it the whole time when we're doing the sin, we just validate it. Whatever that sin is in your life and whatever that sin is in my life, we, we validate it. We know it's wrong, but we validate it. And so I validated it all the way up to this point, and we're sitting here, and it's been validated, 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 and finally I'm just like, I have to admit this to her so that we can kind of move on in the conversation. And, and when, when, I, when I finally say these words, yes, I've been gambling, it's, it's like a car wreck, and, and the, the thought is that sentence is coming out of my mouth is that, you know, I'm going to get a divorce, my wife's going to get the house. I'm going to have to pay child support and alimony. And, and I'm not going to see my kids as often as I want. Our family's going to be destroyed. All of this stuff is going through my head. I'm, I'm finally realizing what I deserve. I'm finally realizing what I deserve. As I'm saying the sentence of, yes, I've been gambling, I realize it. I never thought of the, the repercussions up until this point. I hadn't thought I was destroying my family. And my wife's next words were, I've been praying about this. And God told me to forgive you. That would have made no difference to me a week before that. No difference an hour before that. God told me to all high and mighty, sweet, I'm glad God told you that. To forgive me for what? But when I realized that what I was doing was wrong and hurtful and I deserved punishment and that I received grace and forgiveness, that's when I understood the love of it. And in your own life, you may have moments like this, but, but I know that we've all witnessed a three or four-year-old saying, I'm sorry, and, and, and walking off, right? Or we've had that person in our life, they're like, hey, you hurt me when you did this. And they go, oh yeah, I'm sorry. We've also also experienced it in our lives when somebody's hurt us and they come and apologize and they say, I did not realize what I had done. 
I'm so sorry. We know the difference in that, right? And so in receiving God's love, we have to understand our sins so we can understand the sacrifice. If we think that our sin is unattached and is not us, we think that Jesus is forgiving us for this thing, this thing that isn't us. He's forgiving us for these, these acts that we're doing. He's not forgiving us. And so the next, the next we're going to read a, a bunch of stuff here, but um, it's John uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. And it's this, uh, this guy named Nick, Nicodemus, and he's having a conversation with God. Nicodemus was a, a religious leader of the day, and he's coming to, to Jesus to um, ask him, let's just read it. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. See, we find this evidence. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible, Nicodemus said. Jesus replied, you're a respected Jewish leader, teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. The judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions are evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to light so others can see they are doing what God wants. Born again. Born again. This is a phrase that, that um, well, I'm going to say that it's overused and undersold. Born again is actually the key to Christianity. And Jesus gives us the key right here in this exchange with Nick. In, in verse 5. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. So let's go into a little bit more depth here. And, and I, I, I have a couple slides for it, and it's on your notes in the back. Uh, the first one is, is the, the two words here. There's water and the Spirit. And so the first one, water equals true repentance. So we talked about um, we're going to have a baptism on January 20th. And I think that when I say that it's undersold, um, I think a lot of times churches use this as a, as a symbol for how well the church is doing, um, how many baptisms. It's a number you send up to the newspapers or something, I don't know. But we, we just want to baptize and baptize and baptize. And there's been a whole movement across the United States of just seeing how many people we can get baptized. But I don't know if everyone that goes into the water and comes out of the water understands true repentance, this whole thing we've been talking about before of understanding our sin, understanding that my drinking problem, my lying, my addictions, my cussing, my yelling, my whatever sins God's working on you with, those are a part of us, and Christ didn't die for those things, he died for you. So the next slide and you can write this down if you'd like on the, the back. When I understand my sin, I understand my salvation. 
When I understand my sin, I understand my salvation. Here's a problem is, is a lot of us are afraid to discuss sin because we think that it's going to force us to have to talk about fire and brimstone and punishment that we have to pay for that. And why just preach on hell and say that you need Jesus so you can avoid hell? Yes, that is a great point, but God loves you today. And so what I am not talking about is avoiding hell. What I'm talking about is living today. And so this true repentance and understanding your sin and understanding what Christ did will help us with that joy that we need today, with that receiving of Christ today, with that not allowing these, these earthly things that, that momentarily please us or momentarily inconvenience us to get in the way of us sharing Jesus, of us receiving his love. And so the second point is then uh, spirit equals Holy Spirit. And that should be a given. <laughs> um, but uh, I just wanted to make sure we knew that, that in this, this uh, John chapter three, verse five, when he said of water and spirit, we understand that water is, is baptism, true repentance, true repentance, being washed of our sin, coming out clean because of the sacrifice of Christ. And then spirit is what God gives us. And so this is, this is a cool study you can go into, and I, I put a lot of verses at the bottom of the bulletin. Genesis 3 to understand original sin, Je Deuteronomy chapter 9, uh, verse 7, and then 13 through 21, which we've already read. Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 22 will help you for next week. John 3, 1 through 21, the story of Nick. And then we have Acts 1, 8, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, James 1, 19 through 27. And then um, we have John 14, 18. You can write on there if you'd like. No, I will not abandon you. As orphans, I will come to you. And so Christ just doesn't want us to understand our sin and then leave us alone to that. He's not going to abandon us as spiritual orphans. He is going to come to us. He has come to every person in this room, for every person in this room. I think it's um, cool if you see movies where someone is is going to die um you know like uh, they're on death row or something like that and and or you've seen like a, a real video of someone dying on death row the last thing um that that happens during that after they get all set up and whatever is, is someone says do you have any last words and they allow this person uh, to have last words because we think that's important and a lot of times when we have philosophers or presidents or big pronounced people in our world, we want to know what the last thing they said was because it seems important. On their deathbed, what did they say? Did this philosopher that not believe in God, did he finally believe in God? Did this person that believed in God finally not believe in God? We want to know all those things. And so in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we get Jesus' last words. They're important. Trust me. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Jesus is saying, I'm not, going, I'm not leaving right now to leave you alone. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit. You are going to receive a spiritual father. You are going to receive this gift from me that will allow you to receive my love and reflect my love. And this is called the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. There's a lot to those two verses there, but the big deal is this is the verse you can go back to to know without a shadow of a doubt where you're at with God. God gives us the Holy Spirit to guarantee the promises, the hope that we have in eternity, the hope that we have in him. The Holy Spirit is that. The Holy Spirit is, uh, we're stamped, signed, and sealed into eternity. So, to catch us up here, we, we understand our sin, we understand that it's not part of us, we, 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 
are baptized. We, we, and I'm saying that as, as we, whether we are physically baptized or just spiritually baptized, we are baptized. I think that we all should be physically baptized, but I don't feel that it's, it's this, this necessary thing. Um, it, just, it just helps so much in our walk. It helps with fellow Christians to see others being baptized and joining the family. Um, but what it doesn't do is save you. The, the spiritual repentance is what saves you. The, the inwardly things that go on in your heart before being baptized and deciding to do that, that's what saves you. Understanding what God actually did on the cross. And, and so once we understand that, once we know that what Christ did was to remove the sin and we get baptized and we come out, we have the Holy Spirit. And this is our guarantee in Christ, and in, in, in it's, our, it's our guarantee that this is right. It's the difference that we have from every other religion. It's the key. Romans 8, 14 and 15. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received the Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. See, the Bible doesn't do all of this stuff on accident. This is all on purpose. It's to give us this, this amazing picture of a father and his children. A father and his children that reject him. And, and his plan for redemption, his plan to return his children to him, we're no longer orphans but children led by our spiritual father. And there's lots of verses you can go to that, that describe um, the, the Holy Spirit. And the, the, the goal was not today to, to talk about the, the fruits of the Spirit and the actions moving forward with the Holy Spirit. The, the goal of today was to realize that, that we, we need to understand sin so that we can understand our Savior and that we do get the Holy Spirit. And, and next week we will talk about the Holy Spirit. We'll go into that. Um, but let's, let's do a summary. Let's do a summary. I have a slide for that as well. I, I'm a very visual person. And so you'll see with me, I, have, I, I try to do as much up here as possible while we're going along. Sometimes I forget about it because now I'm not learning. I'm, I'm trying to teach. I'm trying to share. Um, and so in summary, uh, there's nothing you or me do that draw God to us. There's nothing in you or me to draw God to us. And this is part of understanding our sin. Like, like our sin is us. God is holy. There's nothing that's, that's inside of us that God's like, ooh, I need that. Bring that here. I want to. No, God is doing this as an active choice. When my wife said, God told me to forgive you, that was a choice she was making. She did not have to do that. There was nothing in me to draw her to me. At that point, actually, everything in me was drawing her and my family away from me. And so that's, that's important to know that we don't deserve God chasing us, but he does. He does chase us. Our sin is us. We are sinners. That's the next point. There we go. Our sin is us. The next point. When we understand our sin, we understand our salvation. We must be born of water and spirit. And I think that this, this, this seems like a, a Christianese kind of phrase. This seems like something that's a little distant. And so um, this means, what this means is we need to repent. And that's also a Christianese word. But we need to, need to understand our sin and we need to know we need forgiveness for it. We need to know that we deserve punishment. And we follow the Holy Spirit. I'm going to have the, the worship band come up as I kind of have some closing remarks. They'll, they'll play a song, and then Seth will come up. So we're doing it in reverse today as, as uh, I teach and Seth closes. And What I don't want you to have heard today is God is a horrible, punishing God that hates his children. This isn't a hell and brimstone teaching. This is not be scared of eternal punishment. Believe me, we should. We should be scared. 
Um, the punishment we deserve is far more than I could ever explain. And after we've received that punishment for 68 trillion years, we'll look at ourselves in hell and we'll realize that we're nowhere closer to the end of it than when we began. So yes, it is something that we should be scared of, but it seems so distant. Like, like whether you're, you're in this room at, as, as a 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old, or a 60, 70, 80, 90-year-old, death still seems kind of far away. Like, like eternity's a little ways away still. God loves us right now in this moment, and this will affect everything in our life. So what I want us to look at through this, through this next week as we prepare for next week, by all means, read some of these, these, these things that we, we, we have down here. Like, read, read through that. You'll probably, based off the, the title of the sermon, you'll kind of guess kind of where we're going. If you look at my family, you'll get even a closer look. If you read some of these verses, you'll get an even closer look. But again, it's a spoiler alert. This week, we need to we need to look at the things in our lives that are, that are big, that are small, that are not obvious, that are obvious, that are blaring. Our goal is not to stop those things. And that's going to, what do you mean, Brian? Like, we shouldn't stop sinning? Oh, yes, by all means, please stop sinning. But don't think that you stop sinning is what's getting you to heaven or getting you in a relationship with Jesus. If that was it, we're all doomed. Stop focusing so much on the bottle and on the phone and on these things and start focusing on your heart and how much he loves you with no reason. And so don't focus on quitting this or that or this or changing this or changing that. We can work on that. Let God work on that with you. It's actually going to be way easier if you just focus on him. So much easier. It is really hard to look at the wrong things on your phone when you're thinking about Jesus. It is really hard to crack open that bottle when you go, oh, I love Jesus so much. It's hard to say the wrong things to your kids and your wife and your coworkers when you're talking to God. And so the, the, the no sinning thing, it will come, trust me. Let's work on, on, on restoring relationship with Christ and not, not just believing in a God and his name happens to be Jesus, but the God who died for you. I have to stop. I have to stop. Logan, just go. I hear that Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Before the throne, I stand. 
just be Brian mentioned that at the, if you read the Bible, it looks like God had failed trying to save people over and over again. And the whole point of the story is that not that God is failing at all, but that we are failing to see our sin. That we tend to just sweep things under the rug and don't say it's as bad as it really is. In fact, actually, I, I had a friend come up to me uh, this morning and share this quote with me, and I, I have to read it to you. It's from Charles Spurgeon, and you guys should have it up there for me. And if you don't, I'm, I'm going to read it. It says this, if any man thinks ill of you, don't be angry with him, for you are worse than he thinks you to be. Like we... We tend to think that it's okay that we can just sweep it under the rug. It's all right. I got this handled. I can take care of this on my own. The whole point is actually what Paul says in Romans 5 verse 8. He says this is how God shows his love for us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not get rid of stuff first and then we can come to him, know that while we're in the midst of it, he dies for us. See, fostering love doesn't start with loving other people first. It starts with us receiving that love. Christ died for us. Are you honest? Salvation is calling and and true repentance is available. Not for later, but it's for today. Because today we can become sons and daughters. Receiving his love. And if you want that today, come and talk to one of us. 
or go out of this place knowing that Christ loves you. And he comes to you and he says, yeah, I talked to God about that. He asked me to forgive you. Let's pray. God, in you is repentance, is salvation through our scene that you offer forgiveness. And God, would we take a step back and repent? Would we be honest what's really at stake here? Would we see our sin for what it is? God, and would we know that it's much worse? Because God, you, you died for us while we were still sinners. So God, would we receive your love today? And would we look in excitement to see how you're calling us to give that love out? Thank you for paying it all. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Love you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.